Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Greg Patton and Ken Copley are here, ready to share answers to the questions many of you have about spiritual warfare. Greg and Ken have worked in the realm of spiritual warfare for decades, helping people all across the country. These gentlemen have put their work and strategies on how to have success into two excellent books, The Great Deceiver by Ken Copley and the brand new book, Invisible War on the Saints by Greg Patton. Both of these outstanding books are designed to help you have victory. These books show you how to break free of strongholds and how to not be a victim to the great deceiver. Make sure you have these books for you and your loved ones. Order The Great Deceiver and Invisible War on the Saints today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order them both at our website, swrc.com. Whenever Greg and Ken speak about spiritual warfare, there are questions. Many of you have questions. So we invited them to take some time and answer some of those questions about the great deceiver and this invisible war on the saints that we're engaged in. Well, thank you, Matthew. This has just been an incredible week, and we thank you for your response, by the way, to our new book, The Invisible War on the Saints, Victor or Victim, available now here at Southwest Radio Church. The challenge, we're going to come down the wire today, and Dr. Copley, who's in the studio with me right now, we're going to talk about how do I get there if I have been in trouble. One of those questions that I quite frequently ask myself is, why me, Lord? Well, how many times have I posed that question? And I'm sure many of you have done the same. Is this attack uh, internal or is it external? An incoming attack. Many of those enemy hits are incoming missiles. Understand that. To explode within your mind at any time. More often, I believe, the trouble is from incoming external sources. And Satan has so many ways to disrupt your Christian walk, my friend. His attacks surround external circumstances. You're faced with some serious illness. We've talked about that this week. Maybe uh, 90 days to live. Have you ever heard that? Hospice is there now. Maybe you've been in a car crash. Maybe you've been assaulted, which is so common in America today. Maybe you've lost your job. Your best friend somehow has now become your worst enemy. There is a divorce filing in your future, or maybe it's already there and it came out of the blue. You found out the only way to get out of this thing is bankruptcy. How embarrassing. The fire destroyed your home. You live in one of those flood zones, and it happened. We've had a lot of floods recently. There are thousands and thousands of ways and directions with which Satan can use those external attacks to come into your life. These explosions, we've called them the DEDs, those devilish explosions. In a life, those things can threaten your body, your finance, your relationship with family and friends, your relationship with Almighty God, and your church family, just about everything in the world. And we get to a point now where we say, okay, I think I have a problem. I think listening to the program this week with Dr. Patton and Dr. Copley, I've come to realize that this is beyond sin. There's some things that are out of control in my life. What am I going to do next? And so we're going to go to the book more or less with some of the things that Dr. Copley is going to share now. But before we do that, doctor, you and I have talked about this off mic. One particular sin that's been so bad for pastors, men in particular, 
is this thing of pornography. It is invading. And, And why is it so devilish? And why does it stick so? And how do I get out of it if I'm in it? Men that I've dealt with say that it inflames the passions and it has an unbelievable addictive quality to it. And I had one fellow come into my office and sit down shaking. He said, last night I was up for several hours. He said, I couldn't turn my face away from the computer. I couldn't let it go. He said, I'm so ashamed. I am so in bondage to this. Wow. Faces of that, the number of lies. One lie is that God made, uh, truth is God made one man and one woman to be joined together for life. And the lie is that another person or looking at their body can bring some kind of happiness, satisfaction, comfort. A lot of times it's used as a drug and it seems to, men I've talked to have the power of a drug in their life. And so what we typically would start doing is saying, Father in heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you show my precious brother the lie or lies he's believing? How did Satan get a stronghold in his life? And, and the Lord will very graciously, and God is powerful. He'll take him back to where this whole thing started. Maybe as a child, he got a hold of somebody's and uncle's pornographic material, mm. and uh, Satan grabbed a hold of his heart, and the thing just grew over time. He needs to do some heavy-duty renouncing and praying, and Father, forgive me for every time I looked at pornography. Forgive me for the evil that I practiced looking at pornography. Please cleanse me by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would bind this enemy, triple chain him, make him deaf, dumb, and blind, and send him to where Jesus sends him. In Jesus' name, amen. And he will do that. I saw a man, I was in a hospital one time, a psych ward, and a fellow in the psych ward was being treated for mental illness. So I sat down with him and I said, after some chit-chat and building some rapport, what's going on in your life? He said, I've been involved in homosexual pornography. Mm. And at that moment, a demon threw him to the floor. And he was rising on the floor. I bound, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bound the enemy, set him aside, talked to the man. He did a whole lot of repentant, asking God to take back ground. I saw peace come over him. The next day, he was released from the hospital. And I've kept track with him over the years, and he is serving in a great capacity in a church, walking with the Lord. But God broke him from that bondage. That is not something we have to walk in. Matter of fact, I heard a, a gentleman that was played for the uh, Indiana Colts, and uh, this was some years ago. He said when he w- went to a, a major university, uh, he played ball for them. He said this university had an old priest, and this is many years ago, would ride along on the bus to every game. Now, the priest had three things going for him. Number one, he, he would swear like a drunken sailor. Number two, he would finish off about a quarter bourbon a day. Number three, he smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. So during his college career playing ball, this young man received Christ as a savior. He had a great burden for his teammates, so he told me, he said, every time I shared Jesus with one of my teammates, 
they bring up this old priest. So he said, I went and sat down with him in the back of the bus one day as we're going to a game, and he said, gave him his testimony, told him how he accepted Christ, said every time I bring up Jesus to one of the teammates, they bring up you. Yes, absolutely. So here's what the fellow said. He said, in the Christian life, never put up with what Jesus can deliver you from. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? Yeah, that is so good, Doc. It really is. Well, I'm going to share here a few points on steps to freedom. How do I get out of this thing? How do I get victory in Jesus and stop being a victim? So I'll go through these here very quickly. Let me do this first. We really talk in terms really of demonization, and this can be confusing. So let's, uh, well, let's define our terminology here. The subject of demonization is probably a book in and of itself. I know this. It's, it's controversial, somewhat confusing. And the purpose we have in our book is to provide some background and perspective to Christians who study the Word of God. You look at the life of Jesus and his ministry, then we must ask, where are we today? What does this word mean in brief? Well, here it is. It's a situation where a person is controlled in varying degrees by an evil spirit. Some experts share their thoughts about much of this on a level of physical only, taking a position in all of this as exclusively being mental illness. And almost yearly, there are varying degrees of thoughts on mental illness. As of this program today in a recent survey, 90% of Americans believe mental illness is a major problem and getting worse. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to the reality of this, but can we be balanced as Christians and ask a question, how much is really mental illness? I've learned there is a difference. I couldn't help but discover quickly that there's a difference between what the Bible, with experience, and different theories about people's problems mentally in the world today is all about. Our times right now are full of knowledge and information about psychological illness, and at a time, the workings of the spirit world have never been greater. So here's a major question to be asked. Is it demonic, mental illness, or could it be both, my friend? That is something for you to pray about relative to all of this, and we talk about it in the book, Invisible War on the Saints. So I want to share some thoughts now on uh, freedom. Now, let's just briefly touch on this. I need a knowledge of the victory of Jesus Christ in my life. Satan's defeat, my victory. That's what I'm looking for. And this is the most vital for spiritual warfare and my welfare. It's a basic preparation to be set free for yourself or helping others that are engaged in spiritual warfare and need help. Here's an important point. Most people who help with giving instructions and counsel will soon find themselves overwhelmed. So it's good to have a guide to review, some, something for war. Many people report being attacked when they're alone at night. Remember, you are never really alone. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And it's vital that you stand and not be fearful. You already have the victory in Jesus Christ because of your standing with him. Again, don't be afraid of the enemy. The enemy should be afraid of you. Get ready for his attacks and face him down. And here's a great truth. If you really want to have victory and not be a victim, if you want to be set free, you have to exercise your will. Just sitting by passively is not going to work. Passivity gives ground that you don't want to lose. Feeling sorry for yourself will not work either. The enemy loves that. What we're engaged in here is a fight and you have to exert some effort in exercising your will over the enemy. You have to choose to be free. 
You must learn how to obtain that freedom now and how to maintain it the rest of your life. You're going to find it in this book. This is so important, and it's a life-changing path. And once you have the Holy Spirit's direction on a victory path, then commit to stay in the Word, stay close to those wanting to share with you and counsel in battling the enemy. Make sure you have your Bible, and you're in a Bible-believing church. It's a regular schedule. Following this advice is going to give you the greatest chance of total victory in Jesus Christ. And to not do this will guarantee defeat in your life. Now, in addition, if you get nothing else out of this book, do not miss this. Satan and his demonic powers do the most damage through your mind. As a man thinketh, what you're thinking about all day long. Therefore, it's important you distinguish between your thoughts and those sent by the enemy. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens of verses in this book, and this goes in depth. This is just a taste here. Here's another warning before I turn it over to you, Doc. And here it is. If you intend to continue in your sin, there's going to be no deliverance. I would encourage you to get real with Almighty God today. You need to cancel all that ground, all that permission that you have given the enemy, Ephesians 4.27, and take back that ground. If you anyway you've given Satan permission to work in your life through sin, through unbelief or passivity, you have to take back that which you have given. And you need to do it verbally, and I would believe you need to do it loudly. You have sinned, then get right with God today. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Again, just a taste. It's all in the book, my friend. And you'll find some very good prayers in this book that we use consistently, like I command you to release my mind in the name and through the authority of Jesus Christ. I choose to bring my mind at every thought in the captivity and the obedience of Jesus Christ. Now, this may be necessary to repeat and command and repeat again until there's victory. Believe when you command, my friend, that you have the authority through Jesus Christ and that these things must obey you. Remind Satan and his demons, those forces working with him, at their defeat at the cross of Calvary. They were beaten. Tell them and remind them frequently of your great victory in Jesus Christ. You're saved today, and that you are in Christ, and you are victorious. You are not a victim. Well, I've had my say, Doc. You tell me some of the things that you would do if you were uh, going to help me. I've found out that I'm not only in sin, but I have some demonic problems. So what is your conference going to be with me? What are we going to talk about? How long will we have to work on this thing? Can you help me in one session? By the way, uh, I just want to share this, ladies and gentlemen. My pastor, Dr. James Bachman, out at Roanoke Baptist Church, had a problem when I first started in this. And the fact that I was working in the demonic, he said, oh, boy, we're going to get a hold of Greg Patton. Well, they had a teenager that had some real problems, a deacon's teenager. I did not know what to do at the time. And Doctor, at that time, I think you were booked like six months in advance. That was correct. <laughs> 12, I was always booked. Six you were twelve yeah. hours a day, and uh, and I, I said, you know, I'm going to call the doc, see if he can work you in. It may be a while, and I get thank God that day. You said, hey, if you can get them down here by four o'clock today, I will help. They jumped in the car, the pastor, his wife, the deacon, his wife, and this teenager. I can report this through the lips of Doctor Bachman. And about an hour's time, somehow you had freed this girl and they had worked with her and worked with her. That's amazing. Could you, do you remember what happened, how you helped her? I mean, you delivered her from this thing. 
Yeah, she just needed to confess sin and realize it was the enemy that was holding her in bondage. Wow. And you can preach to her all day long yes. and have her memorize thousands of scripture verses, yeah. pray every prayer on earth, but until you deal with the enemy, yes. she wasn't going to get free. Yes. All of this, by the way, available in Invisible War on the Saints, information stories just like this, and helps, if you will. Invisible War on the Saints, Victor or Victim, available at Southwest Radio Church. Why not order that now, my friend? Or you can call 1-800-652-1144. So is there like a dozen steps that you would take me through, Doc, right right now if I had some problems here? Where would we start? We'd pray and ask God to forgive us of sin, but most people do that if they're Christian. That is correct. And uh, my heart's got to be right, more than just words. Oh, absolutely. I want to be delivered from mm-hmm. alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, pornography. Sure. Sure. So I sincerely do that. Then what? Absolutely. I would pray and bind the enemy. Bind the enemy? Bind the enemy. Okay. And we would ask the Lord to bring to light the lies you were believing and the sin that you had committed. And I would ask him to go back to the beginning. Where did it start? Amen. And God will do that. That's right. I've discovered that he's not a game player. When when I first heard a way to do this, I thought, oh, wait a minute here now. But God is on your side. He, he, he wants you to have the victory. Yeah, my, he does. My, my favorite song is Victory in Jesus. And I'll say again, he saved you. He's not playing with your life. He wants you to be free. So he will help you. He will guide. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct you toward whatever that thing is. He will show you. It may not be just one session. It depends on how deep the sin and how much sin and how much occultic activity it's sort of like peeling an onion. Sometimes yes. you take off some layers, and next time you get some more layers off. God's in the business of doing that. He will bring us to freedom. It may take some time. I know in my own life, it took some time to get me to freedom because I had to learn a whole lot about ancestral iniquities and praying through those issues. Let me ask you this. If pastors are real— and uh, they want to see people say, they, they, they want to see oh, people yeah. get right with Jesus. Why do you think we have so many problems uh, from pastors who just say, I don't want you speaking about this. I don't want you preaching in my pulpit. I don't want you talking to my people. We had a, and you're familiar with this, we had a pastor here in Indiana, well known at a major Baptist church who preached four Sundays against this preacher, me, without mentioning by name, just saying, you know, I am dangerous. Why would they take that attitude? What do they think is going to happen? Or what do they think we're trying to do? I would say several things. Number one, a fear of the enemy. Yes. Don't stir up a hornet's nest. Yep, absolutely. Number two, faulty exegesis, faulty belief system. Yes. And some very, very excellent seminaries with some wise doctors have come up with a faulty belief system that does away with the work of the enemy. And once you start looking through the scriptures, the scriptures are replete with things about the enemy. Know your enemy. We need to learn the enemy. We need to figure out what he's doing, what he's up to. And so when we come up with false exegesis, we've got a problem, and that has been propagated. There seems to be almost on some levels, and I've felt it a hatred toward me, mm-hmm. because I hold to the fact that we have an active enemy. People are in bondage. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. Amen. And I want to be part of that ministry. Amen. God has called me into that ministry. Do you think he's uh, doing that today, uh, maybe more than ever, calling men and saying, 
I mean, I didn't want any part of this. I don't think you did either. either. Oh, no. Absolutely not. (laughs) Last thing on earth I would want. Hey, I used to be, I used to have a good reputation. (laughs) Me too. What happened there? Yeah. And I think there's really something to that. Uh, The fact that God would put his hand upon you and say, you need to do this because I don't regret it anymore. I see it as I've got something I could really help people. And despite the fact, no matter how many people are going to come against me, I'm going to help someone. In fact, I think I recall telling that university president who just said that I was a charlatan and opportunist. I said, you know what? These are my final words I ever said to this man, by the way. I like what I'm doing for the Lord better than what you're not doing. And, uh, and I wasn't trying to be cute or no. unkind. There's just people out there who desperately need help. They're listening to this radio broadcast right now. And uh, this could be a great hope where they say, wow. There's some answers here. I might be able to get some help from these guys. Certainly, we think they can get it from the book. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons the book was written, to help people find the freedom that Christ has provided through his blood at the cross of Calvary when he defeated the enemy. Amen. And, Doc, I appreciate the fact that you're an author, and you have read dozens and dozens of books, and you like this book very much. One of these days, I might get one of those degrees. And uh, me, I'm just yeah, one of those hey, guys. You can die by degrees. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I just, I, you know, I just said, that, hey, I wrote this thing uh, and pretty common. Uh, I believe anybody could understand. And I did it basically, which I think is important, not so much from the brain, but from the heart. That's correct. Just wanting to just get out there and just say, hey, uh, listen to me. I can help you. And both of us have. We have helped people all over the place, reference to demonic bondage. And uh, it's not as difficult as one might think. No, it's not. And it's really up to you to get started, to to be able to confess and admit. And again, I go back to that pride thing. I think that has a lot to do with it. You and I talked briefly, and uh, I'll throw this one in there. We're living in Amish community here in Allen County in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, my goodness, we were just talking about how neat their farms are, how everything just seems to be perfect out there. And you brought up another point, and that is... uh, the sin of pride can enter in because you just say, look at me and what I have done. That's right. And it can happen. That's true. That's true. And it can happen to pastors. I've done a great work. And uh, yeah, yeah. no, you need to stay humble and give God all the credit all the time in every area. So, well, you gave us two points there. Is that, uh, that basically it? As far as, again, that steps to freedom. We need to evict the end. And then we need to get some truth from the scriptures into the heart. And that's where we absolutely, we, we counsel with an open Bible. person is having a struggle with pornography. We're going to look and see what God has to say about it, what he says about porania, what he says about looking lustfully on a woman. What he says is the truth. And get that in the heart. I would get a person started reading the Bible and memorizing some scripture and meditating on the scripture and get them in a a plan where they're beginning to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then teach them how Satan comes back and during, usually he shows up at a low time. We can be living, everything is going fine, everything is pointed north, and then come home one night and everything's falling apart. (laughs) <laughs> That's happened to all of us. Oh, absolutely. And all of a sudden, well, Tennessee has kind of revert back to what our comfort was, what our idol has been. There you it go. It can be a lot of things. It can be food. It can be alcohol. It can be drugs. It can be pornography, all kinds of things. And 
teach them when the enemy shows up to resist them and walk in humility. And the Bible says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Taking your stand, know your authority. Knowing as a believer, I have no right to condemn myself. I have no right to exalt myself. I have every right to serve Christ as a bondservant to him. And I think that's a very important point. Again, once you get into to spiritual warfare in any way, you learn about it, you've done some study, uh, you're ready to do battle with the enemy. I sense him oftentimes around, and, and I never used to do this, obviously, before we came in contact with the enemy in such a dramatic way. I just say, get away from me, Satan. In the name and through the blood of Jesus Christ, I know you're here. We've had things happen from furniture uh, collapsing, uh, pictures falling off the wall. Just didn't happen. Uh, that's the enemy. And, oh, yeah. I, well, we oh, come, yeah. and I come at him every time. I just know that he's present. I used to be fearful when we even first started. I remember going in my first uh, counseling session down to Burn, Indiana, which is just south of Fort Wayne. And on the way down, I was reading Mark Bubeck's book in certain areas <laughs> on how to counsel. That's sure. how, what a novice I was. And I was very fearful. I think the enemy knows when you're fearful. And, and, and once you've got it, once you know and believe what the Scripture has to say, you can go anywhere. He, he will be there with you, right by your side, and battle a ton of demons if necessary. I like that part. Absolutely. Excellent. Amen. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Copley, for joining me in the studio this week here at Southwest and Watchmen on the Wall. And appreciate all of your insights, your many years, and thousands and thousands of counseling sessions. To hear you say, Doc, you're on track, Greg. Amen. It's been my great privilege to be with you, Dr. Patton. Thank you, sir. We're just praying that God uses this book in a mighty way to touch lives around the world. Do not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Again, we thank you for being a part today of Watchman on the Wall at Southwest Radio Church. God bless you. Have a great weekend and uh, serve the Lord with a fervency, my friend. He's coming soon. God bless. We have a common enemy who, in concert with a host of evil spirits, is extremely active in our world today. As the great deceiver, his power is in the lie. As believers, we are engaged in a huge conflict, battling the devil's lies with God's truth. We are engaged in a mighty end-time battle, whether we realize it or not. Warfare is real. Ken Copley's book, The Great Deceiver, will open eyes to the work of the enemy in today's world. In life, we fail to recognize the temporal versus the eternal, the unseen versus the seen, and the unseen is the most important of all. In his brand new book, Invisible War on the Saints, Greg Patton takes you on his personal journey dealing with the spirit world. Order both of these important books today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. The goal for these books is for you to be victorious in Jesus. These books share how to take the steps from victim to victor using Scripture, godly wisdom, and the power of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Invisible War on the Saints and The Great Deceiver. 1-800-652-1144. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. 
head into the weekend with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.org.